This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Howdy, y'all. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your Samson Folk, and you're joining me after the Raptors lost 109-102 to 102 against the Philadelphia 76ers. Apparently, the tagline that Norman Powell was using this year, no splits, has uh, gone to the wayside as they, they split against the 76ers, which, for the top team in the conference and without Kyle Lowry, pretty good off the top. Embiid, I thought, was he shot bad from the floor. He had another tough shooting night. Three of 13 is nothing to write home about for an MVP candidate, but his early passing out of double teams, his ability to pressure the Raptors on the glass, and his defensive presence, I think all loomed quite large in this game. And Furkan Korkmaz absolutely went inferno. I think the Raptors, the standout performance, I would say, is Pascal Siakam. Just his nose for the rim in this game was pretty fantastic. The willingness to keep pushing against guys like Simmons, who also had Joel Embiid in help side. When he would get Tobias Harris, he knew he wanted to go into the post. Danny Green as well. And so seeing a guy who takes into account what he's facing, knows what his team needs, and still is able to get over the hump, take it to the rim, do it at a, you know, a decent level of efficiency, and keep the Raptors offense driving as they work ahead. Not to mention seven assists, one turnover. And I still think on a very, very impressive defensive stretch, reaching back a few games now, Pascal Siakam is in what is definitely had he played this way all year, he would be in the All-Star game. There's no doubt about it. The Raptors record might be a little bit better as well. But this is inching closer to all-NBA status. This is These are very nice games from Pascal Siakam. And where the Raptors lost by seven, and the game looks a lot closer than it was at the end, it was a very strange game, out of sorts. And the Raptors coming on at the end with, you know, it was, it was wild. Loose balls, uh, runs to the rim against scrambled defense, you know, where guys are still in the backcourt. There's only like three guys there, and it's not even a full transition play. It's just a strange change of possession. The ball is getting bobbled around. The Raptors are getting their hands on it. And we have this, it's a fake. It's not a real comeback. It's just chaos going in the correct way for the Raptors as they manage to crawl and climb their way back into it. But 
on the whole, I think thoroughly they were beat in this game and it, it stemmed from the advantages that Joel Embiid was able to create for the 76ers and the Raptors playing the 76ers for the second time in a well, in three days. And the 76ers, the, the tertiary guys from Corkmas starting the game off to Tobias Harris, finishing it really well. Ben Simmons, who has been playing exceptionally well of late throughout the game, they figured it out, whether it was in transition or whether it was in the half court, Joel Embiid coming up a little bit higher so that the passing lanes out of doubles were easier. All that stuff, they figured it out, little tweaks they made to their offense to better attack what the Raptors were doing defensively. It, it all worked. And the Raptors, out a little bit of a talent disadvantage in this one. And if Kyle Lowry is there and healthy, maybe this game turns into one of the best of the season because the 76ers, they definitely brought some really nice punch defensively and offensively. But the Raptors in this one, they just kind of behind the eight ball, getting chased down. And even though we had, you know, some terrific plays from Pascal, I, a couple in, encouraging things from OG Ananobi, just taking pick and roll possessions, getting into the middle of the floor, hitting a mid-range jumper. That's awesome to see. And Baines was more involved, good and bad, because it seemed like at times the 76ers were able to use him as the Raptors' release valve, and that means that he's more involved. He looks like he's, you know, he's getting more points, but do you want Baines as your release valve? Probably not. So the Raptors sometimes taking the easy way out, just getting the shot that's mm, between middling to, yeah, pretty much just a middling to below average shot if Baines is the guy releasing it. And instead of looking for something further, the 76ers are winning that if Baines is getting an equal amount of possessions and touches and shots to a guy like Pascal through a certain part of the game. It's not what you want to see. The 76ers, for the most part, they gamed the Raptors. They beat them in the ways that they wanted to. And the Raptors, at the end of it all, they lost. And that's that's just the way it is sometimes, you know? That's, that's basketball. Sometimes the other team plays in a way that you can't quite get over the hump. And even though Norman Powell and Pascal Siakam, they did their thing, they worked really hard to get to the basket in this game, which was very encouraging because the 76ers are a very tough defensive team. They got downhill, they finished the bucket, and the Raptors didn't hit the threes that they usually hit, Fred Van Vliet in particular. So sometimes it's just tough. And this game, it was tough. When you start the first, well, when you're headed into the second quarter, down 19, typically it means a lot of things went wrong. So if Rikon Korkmaz hits four threes, the 76ers 7 of 12 from deep, and last game, the first game of this two-game, you know, whatever you want to call it, back-to-back with it <laughs> with a day in the middle. Back-to-back with the day in the middle. Surely that's the most elegant way to put that. Anyway, Pascal doing well in the post, really driving the Raptors' offense. It seemed very similar to the start of the other game. Only the 76ers, I think, were more able to maintain what was working for them in this one. So the Raptors, they kind of get bludgeoned from the outset. Down 19, DeAndre Bembry, who has been extremely impressive in other games. I think this was, and last game it was clear, it was not the game for him. It's very tough. But the Raptors were in a similar position where they had to go with Bembry minutes to start again. And the the 76ers were even more tuned in to what Bembry was trying to do and what he wanted to do when he was on ball, that kind of stuff. And Bembry always competes defensively. And he's going to make as many good decisions as he can offensively. 
and I he doesn't leave me wanting there really because you know what his skill set is. Unfortunately, the 76ers do as well. So laying off of him, there's not a lot of danger to his his live dribble and as a shooter, he's not bringing hardly anything. You know, he he's shooting the three better this year than ever before, but on very low usage and the the 76ers don't respect him. He's not helping the spacing at all. So is 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 that a is that a recipe for success against one of the best teams in the league? Not really. Usually you're going to be trying to play towards your ceiling if you want to beat one of the better teams in the league. So Baines once again nearly 30 minutes. The Raptors didn't have a steaming hot Boucher to lean on. And Boucher was still good. Don't get me wrong. 10 points, three rebounds, but most importantly, four of six from the floor, two of three from downtown. But all in all, it's just not the same type of usage. They weren't, they weren't running him off of the flare screens. And more, more so than anything, I think the, the 76ers a very good job at keying in on Fred Van Vliet, making those probing trips into the lane even more difficult than they were last game. And in particular, putting Ben Simmons on Fred Van Vliet to kind of stop the head of the Raptors attack. That was some pretty clever maneuvering as far as what they're trying to do defensively. And the Raptors, they struggled for offense basically all night. Pascal, Norm, they moved things along, as I said. But when you have two guys who are going to the rim, one is an above-average passer. That's Siakam. Another is a below-average passer, but a guy who had six assists in this game, if you want to speak to how often he was able to to draw attention. And not to mention the Raptors, once again, that attention was not capitalized on very often. The process of the game actually was not so much fundamentally different than just the outcomes of shots that both teams were able to create throughout. The Raptors, yes, the Ben Simmons on Fred Van Vliet stuff, it did limit some of the creation, especially in the half court, right? And the Raptors, still very dependent, despite not being as efficient in transition as last year, still very dependent on transition. And just a little bit more creativity on the 76ers end to keep Embiid more dangerous, that he wasn't as low. So the passes downhill that he could create were a little bit more dangerous. And both teams, for the most part, doing a lot of things similarly to last game. Only the 76ers don't have Tobias Harris shooting one of nine. And instead of Seth Curry, who I think he injured his ankle in in game one, was out tonight and is one of the best shooters in the league, but didn't shoot particularly well on the other end. Korkmaz came out of the game like a he was a house on fire. He was burning it down and he was shooting exceptionally well. And while it wasn't incredibly potent throughout, it did cool off a little bit. You have guys like Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, and Tobias Harris, who are way more dangerous in this game than they were in last game. And that just means that the Raptors trap, blitz, heavy attention on Embiid style is not going to work as well. They even threw in zone in the last game, but zone when the other team is shooting well is not going to work as well either. Unless, you know, you're playing like the inverted Miami zone where you put the length up top and you just hope that you can cover to the places where you're a little bit softer and you you suffocate the the offense at the top of the key. But that's not how the Raptors play. and They don't have the length to do that. And, you know, many teams don't. It's it's unique pretty much to Miami. I don't know why I'm talking about Miami. But regardless, the Raptors and 76ers, a, an eventful game in some ways, uneventful in others. We've, we've seen a lot of what happened in this one. The Raptors, 
I think positives are the biggest thing to take away from this one. It's just Pascal, Norm worked really hard. The defense for stretches was really impressive. But ultimately, you look at a team like the 76ers, they were able to press their advantages. Joel Embiid, a very underrated box score for this game, but his fingerprints are all over everything. And the Raptors, they couldn't get on top of this game. They have a back-to-back. They have Miami tomorrow. And hopefully that, uh, hopefully that goes a lot better. But a lot of minutes for some guys tonight, so we'll see. But it's, uh, it's a tough one, especially when you have a, a doubleheader against Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and co. Uh, tomorrow. But hey, that's life. And oh yeah, Ben Simmons <laughs> fouled the hell out of Norm Powell on a fast break. It was, it was one of the more egregious uh, non-calls that I've seen so far this year. And I watch a lot of basketball, uh, NBA-wide. Not just, obviously, I watch every Raptors game. This is my job. But NBA-wide, it was, he just smacked the hell out of Norm, basically on a breakaway, and they didn't give him the call. And that was, you know, it's, it's always strange to see very easy calls to make not get called. That's, that's always a tough pill to swallow. But as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, ref talk, not uh, super big on my docket, but anyway, Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to Fred Van Vliet, two steals, four blocks. Now, the blocks are not like your typical block. It's like a guy is leaving his feet. They're on the gather, and there's a dig down, or Fred is able to get that swipe down. The Andre Iguodala little arm, put the you're reaching for the cookies in the cookie jar, and you're not getting caught. You're getting the cookies. So... I think it would be more accurate if Fred Van Vliet had six steals in this game. But, well, actually, I think he had one block that was kind of near the apex. Well, his apex, anyway. But five steals in one block, I think, would be more accurate. But I guess the the NBA doesn't really count statistics like that. Either way, I it was more representative of his ability to get the ball out of guys' hands near their midsection rather than at the apex, at the top of the jump where most blocks come. Okay, top quick reaction comment. From MZ, quote, I love this team, never quit, keep fighting to the last second, and will not be disrespected. Number two, uh, ref screwed us again. Number three, is there an uglier goblin face than Simmons? Four, who's the worst finisher under the basket? Baines or Rondé Hollis Jefferson? Five, that dirty foul by Simmons, sending Norm to the stanchion, and no call by the trash ref was unbelievable. Six, as usual, Embiid had more free throws than our entire team, despite us having three times the paint points. The bias is real. Seven, hopefully it doesn't take too long for OG to find his legs again because we need his offense. Edit eight, Howard is trash, cheap, dirty, and useless. Okay, so Simmons, I think, is considered to be quite handsome by most women I've talked to. But if you don't like his face, it's uh, subjective. Worst finisher, Baines and Rondé Hollis Jefferson are both historically pretty bad finishers at the rim, especially their expected returns. There's a graph. I think Blake Murphy tweeted it out. And uh, yeah. Tough, no call, agreed. Embiid, more free throws, uh, three times the paint points. Well, he's getting fouled in the paint and on things that would be paint points. So I don't agree with that because I don't think that uh, is congruent. I think that, you know, the less free throws you have, sometimes the more paint points you'll have because the resistance, you're not getting fouled and you're getting all the way to the bucket for a layup, for example. But if you feel like the Raptors got a tough whistle, I will not fight you on that. You know, 
lots of fans dislike the ref's whistle on any given night and OG finding his legs. Yeah, he he had a tough game as far as shooting. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come around and eight. Howard is trash, cheap, dirty, and useless. Howard is good. He's he's a really good backup center. And uh although he does there are some really senseless fouls that he commits during games that uh leave a lot of people kind of like, hey, what the hell are you doing, man? So but he's useful on that team. There's some utility. It didn't happen against the Raptors, but he and Shake Milton have a pretty good two-man game in some games. And the 76ers have basically just been waiting for a center who can do decent, even just okay, in the minutes where Joel Embiid isn't on the floor. If anybody remembers the seven-game series the Raptors had against the 76ers, I'm pretty sure Embiid's minutes in that game, the 70s in that sorry, in that series. The 76ers won his minutes by 93 points, and they were minus like a million in the minutes where he sat. And even in, I think it was the three minutes of the game seven where he sat, they were minus 11 or minus 13 or something. So getting a center who is even somewhat capable, like Dwight Howard is, is uh, big for them. But thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I've been Samson Folk. Thanks for tuning in once again. But whether you got into it in the morning, or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.